Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Blessings Grace Harvest Church, Pastor Raul here, and I'm glad to be with you this Sunday morning. Sunday the 28th. I want to share with you this morning on the first of the Beatitudes, or at least the first topic in the Beatitudes. And so if you've got a Bible, if you've got an electronic Bible, if you would open up to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to begin to go through it. Well, how many of you really enjoyed getting together together last week? I know I certainly did, and I'm looking forward to doing that again. Um, And today we're going to talk about uh, the Beatitudes, arguably one of the greatest sermons ever given uh, by Jesus and Pastor Doug two weeks ago gave us the topic of blessed are the peacemakers and talked through with us through that um, through that topic in our time and how that translates. And if you haven't heard it, um, scroll down through the pages and find that two weeks ago sermon. It's powerful. It'll bless you. And so in Matthew chapter 5, uh, in verse three, we're gonna we're gonna read it together. It says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." So, so here is the narrative. Jesus is walking. Uh, the disciples have he's found the disciples, and there are people around, and he sees the gathering crowd sets down, and the scripture indicates that he begins to talk to them and launches into this. Um, teaching time that is anointed and is powerful and is life-changing, revolutionary in the time, and even for us today, applicable. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is, this uh, on the starting is an interesting one in that this promise that he gives, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, it's a promise for the now, later in the Beatitudes, as, as the list begins to go through. Uh, many of those promises are forward uh, thinking um, and rewards and, and, and what's going to come. But here is the narrative in the moment that, that he's recognizing that blessed are the poor in spirit. So what does this mean? What does poor in spirit mean? Well, well, well sometimes it's... Uh, it's easier to think in what is the opposite. So, so poor in spirit, if I give you a few words, um, humble, uh, humility. Um, and so, so we think the opposite of that um, would be uh, arrogant and prideful. Uh, we really see this come into play uh, as Jesus is walking through the city and encounters um, the Pharisees on occasion. And, and one of those occasions where he runs into the story in Matthew chapter 7, the story about uh, dealing with logs in your own eye and a toothpick or a splinter in somebody else's, that the, that the, that the height of the arrogance, massive amount of arrogance to go after somebody else's sin when you haven't even dealt with your own. And so, so here we have Jesus launching, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the humble, the ones with humility, for theirs is the kingdom of God today, kingdom of heaven now. 
grace and mercy and forgiveness and peace. I want to read you something I came across. And this is from a Norwegian periodical that was printed in December of 1912. It was from um, a, a periodical called Hidden Treasures. Um, and the title of this one was Not in Word, But in Deed and in Truth. And there are some examples of a 1912, and they're dealing with the topic of being poor in spirit. And here are some, some topics. I'll give you some of the references that they give, scripture references, as we move through some of this list. But I, but, but I want you to hear. And if it resounds, grab it. If, if the opposite, if it, if it pokes something, let, let the Holy Spirit stir in that at the moment. So we have somebody who always is, always is lowly in their own eyes. They do not exalt themselves. They're not proud. Even though they may be considered insignificant by others, they see it as all God's will and rejoices that he is allowed to share in the sufferings of Christ. It becomes natural for him to go the way of the lamb. Humiliation becomes his nourishment and exaltation his reward. 1 Peter 5.5 5. Love to do all his work in the hidden and does not receive honor from men. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Loves to occupy the lowliest of place, not because he desires to be more esteemed, but because he thinks that this is precisely the place that is suitable for him. Luke 14, 7 through 11. They are reserved in conduct neither aggressive nor demanding, loves to give up their advantages for the benefit of others, Philippians 2.4, does not seek to be anything great, whether it is on an earthly or a spiritual level. Their only desire is to do God's will from moment to moment, does not seek to gain influence with people, yet their entire longing is that people might come under the influence of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Several more. Time is precious to them. They have none to waste, yet they are calm and never led to do anything in haste. They sanctify themselves so that others, by their example, would know and be sanctified in truth, that God would continue working on them and exposing things and speaking to them so he can use them to reach others. They deny themselves so that their life may not be an offense to others in any way. They're satisfied with the cross God gives them to bear, and they do not complain when others bother them. They do not draw back in the sufferings of Christ so that after he himself has been tested, he can be of help to others, Romans chapter 8, 18. And they're just as happy wherever God puts them, whether it's among the teeming masses or in solitary places, because he, they meet God in each place by doing his will. They place great value on the fact that wherever they are or they have been, others should find only the truth, be it in spiritual or in earthly things. 
Their love compels them to contribute to others' good. And they feel that he is indebted to everyone. His life evolves as a life of a servant, and he is more than willing to bear another's burden. They never dream about great things, but rather take heed to the small things. No work is insignificant, and no one is too small to be served. They do not discriminate, and is a servant to all. Therefore, they go just as willingly to where the sorrow prevails as to where joy is overflowing. They live their life for the purpose of laying it down as a sacrifice. Willingly step on thorns if only they can refresh the other in their suffering by doing so. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-6 And they keep their ears open to God's voice. Not just to enjoy it in self-satisfaction, but in order to do what he has told them to do. Poverty in spirit is really something that we should strive for. Poor in spirit means that we recognize our poverty before God. There is no one good, not one. And even in our best efforts, still aren't good enough. However, there is one who loved us and sent his son to die for us. And his name was Jesus. And to be, to be poor in spirit means to be able to recognize our condition and that we need a savior and to be able to say, help, I need you. And it's in that place of recognizing that we are no better and just as bad and we need rescue. Where Jesus says, you're going to experience God's grace his mercy, his forgiveness, his peace and joy now because yours is the kingdom of heaven. It's interesting that Jesus starts off with this uh, as one of the first beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are, that, that right here he starts with people who, rec who need to recognize their state and condition. You see, it's the other way in the people that he encountered that would show us through scripture that, that, that the Pharisees, the people who would pray out loud in public, who would, who would list things and, and how much so that others could hear or, or who are people who are self-confident and, and can show that they don't need anybody else. And they, they, they take great pleasure in, and being able to show people that it's all within them and, and they have it and, Though it's true we need strong people around us, we need strong people rooted and confident in Christ around us. And this is what Jesus was getting at. You see, people who are poor in spirit, they don't flaunt their gifts. Uh, they don't blame their sins and fail failings on others. And they're unimpressed with their own attempts to live a godly life. The interesting thing is... um. Even in pre preparing for this, I have a long ways to go. I've not arrived. And in preparing for this and reading scripture, it led me to a point over and over and over where I, where I was uh, regularly saying, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I have to say this. And still, this is an issue in me. Help me, God. 
There's one day that we are going to come face to face with the one who is perfect. There's one day that we're going to come face to face with the one who is holy and is God. And we want to be able to journey on this earth at this moment knowing that we laid down our rights, that we laid down our abilities, that we laid down our attempts to do it all on our own, that we, that we took on humility, that we walked in humbleness, that we loved one another, and we strive to live in peace and unity. The things that make Jesus and the Father heart of God so happy. We live in faith. You see, when you go through the list of the Beatitudes, these aren't just a set of spiritual disciplines. These aren't just even a set of future promises if you do X, Y, and Z. These are, this is a set of markers of people's lives of those who walk with God. Think about this. These are markers that, that, are, that are universal, that you could be able to see in your own life and in others. Oh, by this attribute, I see that you walk with God. I see that that character and the nature with which you possess, there's something different about you. You walk as though you know purpose and you have peace and there's joy and and tell me see the thing about the beatitudes is somewhere in this journey we begin to get a hold of the idea that it isn't just about us that that as we begin to really recognize the poor in spirit to those the kingdom of heaven are what do we do with this when we recognize wow I can't do anything on my own. God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for every good gift that you've given us. Thank you. We turn around and we tell others the good news. You see, the thing about being poor in spirit is then we have to turn around and in all humility and humbleness, it gives us the platform to love our neighbor. We recognize that I'm no better than you. It gives us the platform to see people who are suffering, to say, I'm going to come and stand with you and be with you. It gives us the platform to be able to, to look around and when we see injustice happen, cry for justice because that is the heartbeat of God. As I wrap up here in a few minutes, I want to read you something. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11. It says, Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory 
of God the Father. See, I believe as we read Scripture and as the Holy Spirit moves, He points out things in our lives, encourages us, strengthens us, reminds us of areas that need shoring up. And in the context of this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We want that to be our portion today 